0: Episode 183 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. Thanks for joining us for another week. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time, and we hope you guys are going to stick around for a long time. Uh, this week, we're talking about bachelor groups. Uh, actually, last weekend, Tom had his bachelor party. He's getting married. If you've been listening for a while, you know that. But we thought, you know, hey, we're in the bachelor type of mood. Let's talk about bachelor bucks. So we spent the week researching, researching, uh, why bucks herd up together in the summertime, why they split up in the fall, and maybe with some of the information we learned, it can kind of help you guys for the upcoming season. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and without further ado, let's get ten- tuned into this week's episode.
1: So I did the Cardinal Sin. I pull up my boat and then I look dead at his
0: antlers. I got out of the truck and when I
2: slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Let's see it. Alaska, Moose, Spot and Sock, that is the bucket list. I agree. (laughs)
1: White Cat Outdoors. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another installment of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me, Nick, and Tom tonight. Yep, glad to be here. How's everybody doing tonight? Um, I don't remember if we mentioned it last week, but uh, you had your bachelor party over the weekend, Tom. I did. It was a good time. It was a good time. Blew some shit up. Yeah, we did. It was great. It's tough to beat just shooting ARs and pistols
2: and blowing up Tannerite. Yeah, it is tough to beat. Followed it up with a little golf, a little bonfire.
1: Yeah, can't beat it. But since, you know, bachelor group, bachelor party, we're going to be talking about bachelor groups of bucks because who doesn't love to see a big bachelor group? Yeah, I tell you, oh, geez, that is really loud. Yeah, what are you doing? Um, like, I'm echoing, gonna, like, a motherfucker.
0: Hmm. Um, sounds like
1: shit, Nick. It sounded fine until you started playing with it. Yeah, let's uh, back those off a little
0: bit. Yeah. Sorry, technical difficulties, guess there's a new guy on uh the, the hell are you doing that that's not terrible that's way better than it was how does that sound that sounds a little better yeah yeah pretty good tom you sound good yeah, yeah. all right everybody's here for the mic check yeah. good to go we love it yeah. um now that i've lost my train of thought bachelor groups love to see them
1: yeah
2: sometimes gives you a little bit of a false hope for the year you love to see them come but hate to watch them leave kind of thing yeah yeah it's always like they leave right before the season
1: i know isn't that a bitch So, we just kind of want to talk about, because we were thinking about talking about it last week, but we are like, you know, maybe we should look into it, learn a little bit about why it happens, why they break up, because like you said, it's kind of heartbreaking to watch all these big bucks hanging out all summer long, and then they disappear right before season. So, Mm. everyone is like, what the hell? Like, I've been watching them do this exact same thing, and then as soon as you can hunt them, they're not doing that anymore, so. Yeah.
0: So, um... Frank, I mean, like you said, we we wanted to research it a little bit more because it's tough to talk about something if you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. super knowledgeable on it. So you spent, you know, the last week or so, you know, researching and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And you said that, you know, based on the articles you were reading, there was like a few main points Mm -hmm. that uh, kept getting hit. Um, I guess we want to maybe start at the top of the list and kind of work our way down um, just you know, have a little
1: discussion on each of those points. Yeah, the first point that always came up, which in my opinion, I don't think this is the biggest reason why they do it. It I think it could be a secondary reason, mm-hmm. uh, but it was usually the first thing touched on in pretty much every article, uh, is that it's just a way for them to protect each other while they're without antlers, um, which... Kind of makes sense. You know, they don't have their main defense mechanism, their antlers. I wouldn't say their main defense mechanism, but it is something they they can use to protect themselves. Every once in a while you hear of a person getting gored by a buck. Yeah. So, So, I mean, it is effective. So since they don't have their antlers, they group together to help protect each other when they're a little bit more vulnerable than they are during the season. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've never heard that but it
1: kind of makes sense like when
0: you think mm-hmm. of like cattle and stuff out in the pastures they tend to stay in groups and, Yeah, you know there's safety in numbers i mean wildebeest beasts do the same thing yeah um pretty much all like of that class of like that class of animals yeah hoofed animals they seem to herd up herd up yeah mm-hmm. so See. it ma- makes sense tom what are your thoughts on the whole thing
2: yeah i never really thought of it that way but being that it was brought up, it I think it totally makes sense that they mm-hmm. would do that. Uh, safety in numbers. It, apply I mean turkeys all, all birds flock up. Most mammals flock up. So why, why not add deer to the mix?
0: Yeah. Mhm.
2: And another reason that
1: I think, in my opinion, is the biggest reason why they do it, and it's something that I didn't really think of until reading it. Um, but they are basically already establishing their dominance when they're in those bachelor groups, because typically, and this is going to lead into another point that I really want to touch on and talk a lot about. um, You typically see the same age groups of bucks in bachelor groups. Uh, You know, if there's a bunch of three and a half year olds together, rarely are you going to see a spike running with those four or five, three and a half year olds. They're typically around the same age class of buck, and when their testosterone levels are lower, like they are in the summertime, they're already establishing who is the dominant buck without that serious fighting when they have the antlers where they can hurt or kill each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So by the time that time rolls around, when they are fighting and more aggressive during the rut, they kind of already know who's who and... I know not to mess with that guy. He, you know, over the summer, even when we didn't have our antlers and we were pretty tame, he was beating my ass if I stepped out of line. And mm-hmm. apparently they do a lot of, like, hoofing each other. Yeah, I've, the, we've
0: gotten plenty of camera pictures of, mm-hmm. you know, like, it looks like the deer boxing match.
1: Yeah, exactly. So they do stuff like that or, you know, just posturing, things it's, like it's that. It's funny, like, like, without a mirror, obviously – they don't necessarily
0: know how big their racks are, or like if they're growing them. You yeah. know how big it is at this point, but they know in the summertime to like you know they're using their hooves to settle their disagreements. Where like I never see that during like hunting season.
1: Well, it's because they're velvet. They know their antlers are sensitive, and they're not going to start sparring with their antlers when. Yeah they're still nerves I feel like some like, do because some
0: of them get wrecked before the yeah. season
2: i watched a documentary on bucks on the outdoor channel and ad, or antler is like antler size is not very high on the list of Dominance. what makes a dominant buck they actually did a study where they took the dominant buck uh this is in a caged deer farm but mm-hmm. they took the dominant buck tranquilized him and removed his antlers and then, like, screwed on, like, a basket six frame, just a tiny frame, Mm -hmm. and that buck was still the dominant buck. They said it's attitude more than anything. Yeah. And and it's the same thing as people. I mean,
0: we all know huge people that are gentle giants, Mm -hmm. and there's also, you know,
1: pipsqueaks that are just dicks. Yeah, so you don't want to mess with because they're pretty scrappy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And there was actually a correlation – um, that the bigger bucks on the farm, like typically, aren't the most dominant buck. They're more farm. more timid. Yeah, they're more kind timid. like an old man. Yeah, kind of keep to themselves. They not aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, you would expect because usually you think bigger,
1: better, stronger. You know, so you think a bigger rack, he's the dominant buck. But it, like you said with people, it's not doesn't always equate. Sometimes yeah. their attitudes. And yeah, sometimes they're people like, have
0: little man syndrome. Yeah. And other times they're you know big people can be giant teddy bears. So. Mm-hmm. No, I I've I've read and experienced that in the timber. Like, I think everybody's seen, you know, the forkhorn come in with its ears pinned to a grunt call, like looking for a fight. Yeah. You know, and I I think a little bit of that's immaturity, but it's also just like that, you know, jacked up college kid. Coming into a bar like they're, they just
1: don't know how to handle their, their attitude. But that could also be like what I was saying with the bachelor groups, that four point was probably hanging out with other four points and spikes all summer. And in his bachelor group, he may have been alpha, the alpha dog in that group. So then early season comes, he's like, I'm still the alpha dog. And then (laughs) you call him in. And if there's a bigger buck there, he's going to get knocked down the pecking order pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, but everyone knows that deer, they summer in one spot, and then they spend autumn in another, and they winter in another. Mm-hmm. Um. So, in the summertime, when these bucks are in their bachelor groups, right? And they're kind of, you know, if you if you got a bachelor group on your farm, and they... Uh they're establishing the line of dominance. Do you know if the buck that they figure out is the most dominant if that's where he's gonna stay? Or I, even if he is the dominant buck, he's gonna go and find somewhere else to find those in the fall. So I from
0: what I've experienced, you know, hunting and what I've seen over the years, it seems like to me, besides, you know, a two to three week window of the rut, deer follow food it seems like their food source seems to be the biggest driving factor in location of where they're going to be uh you know in the in the summertime they're hanging out close to in our in our area Mm. they're the ag fields the the bean fields yeah seem to be the heaviest hitters If you got beans on your property you're going to see a lot of bachelor group bucks Um, as early october rolls in beans are starting to yellow Deer will still eat them, but if you've got a really good white acorn crop, they're going to move to a property that's got, you know, more acorns, apples, those sort of things. And then, you know, in the wintertime, they're going to continue to move to a place that they can find food. Uh, in the winter where food's a lot more scarce, they're willing to travel a bit further. But that small rut window seems to be the only time that they aren't finding food, and it's, like you said, back to does. So I, I think you wouldn't see as much variation of deer traveling so far if, I mean, just give a to give an example. How often do we see deer in the summertime um, at Morrison that you see all through the fall? A lot. Yeah. And what do we have on that property food-wise food. and throughout the season? When we have smaller pieces back home, you're hunting 50 acres, 60 acres, you don't necessarily have access to year-round food supply Mm -hmm. so i I think it's more food than anything besides that rut window
1: Mm -hmm. makes sense and i do know that some deer will move a significant distance Mm -hmm. for you've seen you've seen that firsthand yeah regardless of food or anything they break up from their summer spot and i've seen them go two miles like that buck that i killed uh it's been what eight years now i can't believe it's been that long but living in the past yeah but that deer someone had pictures of two miles away and i think that goes right
0: back to what we were talking about attitude of of each every deer Mm -hmm. having a different personality yeah um and i relate back to people is a lot when i'm referring to deer and trying to give analogies and it's the same thing you know there's a lot of people that you know are townies they never leave their hometown they graduated high school here they work here Mm -hmm. and there's always a few people that as soon as high school's out, boom, they're gone. They Mm -hmm. leave the country or leave the state. You know, I I think deer the same way. Some deer are just meant to be homebodies. And Mm -hmm. that's why you've got guys that have three, four years of history with the same deer. Um, and then there's other deer that pop up out of nowhere, one random November. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that is, I think a little bit Tom has to do with, you know, getting the shit kicked out of them and I mean, how often are you going to go to the same bar if every time you walk in you get your ass beat?
2: Not very often.
0: I think that has something to do with it, but a lot of it I think is personality as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a lot of the personality as well. They're Just where they like to spend time or if they have their spot that they like to go to rut, mm-hmm. once their testosterone starts building up, when you know their antlers harden and everything rolling yeah. into October, they know it's getting to be about time I, yeah. gotta go I, got, there. I, I got to go over there. I did real goes. good there last year. So I'm, yeah, they know where they're safe in the summertime. They know where they can get their food and whatnot. But yeah. once they start building that testosterone, they know where to go to breed and it's not here. Yeah. Um, I, I know, you know, the headquarters is a fairly
0: decent sized piece, but it's not massive. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of deer um, that we see in the summertime that we do continue to see in the fall. But there's also a lot of deer that do pop up, you know, mm-hmm. in the rut. You know, you and I saw last year how many different shooter bucks that we saw in a week's time. That we, we didn't have that many shooters on camera all no. summer long. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, some bucks stayed around and there was plenty that moved in for mm-hmm. the does.
1: Yeah, So no doubt. Uh, but one thing I did, like, really want to touch on, because, like, I, I mentioned that uh, you typically see the same age class mm-hmm. in bachelor groups. One thing I did read in a couple different articles that uh, if you do see a bigger buck in a bachelor group with smaller bucks, um, it equates more to like season time. Uh, they say like the bigger buck will kind of act like the younger bucks because it spends all its time with those younger bucks all summer long. And then as it, obviously it will dissipate as the season mm-hmm. goes on, but like early season... Like, I've had a lot of trouble hunting that wide buck I've been after for a couple years because as soon as the season comes, he pieces out and goes two miles away. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't hunt him anymore. So, like, early season, and I haven't really seen him in a bachelor group at all. I've never had pictures of him with another deer, so I guess it doesn't really equate that closely. But um, they say, like, the younger bucks are... Early season, they don't really care. They'll come out into a bean field and start feeding an hour before it's dark. You know they, yeah. don't, they don't have that heightened sense yet to stay hidden until dark. And a lot of times it'll correlate to the bigger buck that hangs out with those younger ones. They'll walk out into that bean field with an hour of daylight left because that's what his bachelor group's doing. Mm-hmm. So he'll make some mistakes based on who he's hanging out with.
0: Yeah, and, and I had that one of my best bucks I've killed um was I believe to be a three and a half year old um, that I killed him opening day coming back to his bedding around eight o'clock 7.45, so pretty late into the morning mm-hmm. but he was with a much younger deer um, yeah he came through with a, a very small you know 13 14 inch wide eight yeah um heading back to bed late and I think like you're you, what you're saying you know he might have normally he shouldn't be doing that but, yeah. You know, he's, he's smart ha-
1: enough to know we better get back there but, but his buddies are hanging out so he's hanging out.
0: Yeah, it was 7: 745 I caught him coming back from um, an ag field that I don't I can't hunt you mm-hmm. know I, I don't know for sure, but they came from the direction of a bean field I knew of mm-hmm. and came into known bedding that I was hunting and like I said, it was almost eight o'clock. Yeah so
1: so I think that is a big thing that I've never really paid attention to, but I'm definitely going to now. If I do see a decent buck with a bachelor group of smaller bucks and it's a buck that I would want to kill, I'm going to really focus on how they're moving around in the early season. Try and get it done first week. and Yeah, exactly. If they're still all together or you know, one or two of them are together, even he yeah. might still be on that mindset that he was when he was with them, it could be a very helpful way to kill that buck because he's still on that summer habit a little bit. Whereas if he were hanging out with a bunch of three and a half, four and a half year olds, they're getting him into bed, you know, they're saying, Hey, we gotta wait to go out into that bean field until it's dark or you know, mm-hmm. we gotta get back to bedding while it's still dark, he's gonna do that as opposed to if he's with the smaller bucks, he's gonna hang out a little longer or whatever. So Yeah. I think it would be a very smart thing to pay attention to if you do see that scenario mm-hmm. playing
2: out. Yeah, I agree. I am seeing that scenario play out. Oh. Well, good thing we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Do you care to dive into that anymore or no? Let's just say... This is over on your Ohio piece. This is a piece that I have permission to hunt. I was driving by the other day, and I saw a batch of group of bucks. And there was two small bucks and one giant. It looked like a mom standing with two fawns. Really? But it was three bucks. And this is what Mm mid-June and I've always said if you have a big buck in June it's it's gonna be a really big buck yeah and this buck he had probably five inch brows and he was three four inches outside his ears on either side Mm -hmm. and he was with two Mm -hmm. bucks that just had like eight inch nubs probably Mm -hmm. 10 inches wide yeah so a lot of growing time left but there's a big boy hanging with some young no. bucks. Did you so. say that this was in the Ohio piece or the Maryland piece?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so definitely something to pay attention to, and I I would like to hear how that plays out and see if what I was reading is going to play out for you because I've, like I said, I've never paid attention to that before, Medium. so I I may have observed it in the past without noticing it. And you know, locking it into my mind that this buck is acting like these bucks because of this. Yeah. So now that we have some evidence, we can well, apply it, to it. Did they
2: uh, say anything about why an older mature buck would be hanging out with?
1: No, there wasn't really any reasoning for it. It just said that typically you don't see it, but when you do, capitalize it. And it's not obviously, it's not a hundred percent. They're wild animals. You never know what they're gonna do, but. It definitely seemed like every time I read it in a different article, they said it's something to pay attention to if you do see that scenario playing out.
0: Well, and that's the one nice thing about like having years of experience like bow hunting. There's a lot of things that we've witnessed that you didn't really log as that important. Mm -hmm. And the more you learn, the more you can go back and be like, oh, that's why I got that deer or that's why I didn't get that deer or that's
1: why I saw this happen. Mm -hmm. And I've Um, done that several times in the past where... I've seen something six times and then I see it one year and it's like something clicks or something good happens or something bad happens when I see it. Mm-hmm. And then I think back, I'm like, well, I've seen this four other times and now it's all coming together. Yeah. Why it's happening and what to do to work with that information. Yeah. No, that's big. What did you have? What did you come up with? Tommy? Is
2: there there any... bachelor groups? Yeah. Uh, I did more reading on and it's it's really not that complicated, but it seems like Frank did some reading on why they happen, and I did some research on why they disappear, and it's always like right before archery season. Sometimes, like in p a we always open with the first the whichever Saturday is closest to October first, whether yeah. it's the last Saturday in September or the first Saturday in October. Mm-hmm. Um, but every once in a while we'll get the season opened up on like September 26th or 27th or something. Mm-hmm. And you can get you know like one week where if there's a bachelor group holding together late, um, but usually by October they're pretty well mm-hmm. dissipated. Um, but I guess the main reason, and it's an obvious reason, is testosterone territory, mm-hmm. the ruts coming in. Mm-hmm. Um But it's just – it sucks because on camera you're watching them all summer and you think you got them figured out and then come October. And it really sucks because you don't even have
1: enough time to learn something new. Like as soon as they break up and change, it's time to hunt them. Yeah. So it's not like you even have a couple weeks outside of season to say, okay, this is what's happening. Here's how I can attack it. It's like two days before the season. They're like, all right. What do you say we split up now? Yeah,
2: it'd almost be better if they broke up, like, early September.
1: Yeah, I agree, because then you yeah. can get some new intel that actually equates to your hunting situations.
0: I think that's a big reason, like, they got me into being as mobile as possible, mm-hmm. is being able to, like, okay... Two days before the season all of a sudden this bachelor group's not happening anymore i feel okay with jumping in the woods seeing what happens if nothing works i just move somewhere else yeah um i think that's key for when bucks are you know in that stage of breaking up like mm. that is being able to move and adjust quickly yeah and not ah well you know i already got this ladder stand here you know i don't really feel like moving that today i got mm. worked like if you just are prepared to bring your stand in every single time you hunt you can make live adjustments yeah. um you can think you're going one place you know on your way in and end up in another and i do that all the time mm-hmm. i almost eh, i would say probably 60 percent of the time i actually go where i'm anticipating being
1: yeah other times you're walking in you see something that catches your eye you find a hot scrape or yeah you see or, something that you know really pulls you into an area i've gone
0: walking in and i blow two does you know within 30 yards i'm like okay I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, I'll set up right there and I'll see deer all night from yeah. that spot. Like it just, you never know. Mm-hmm. So that's just one of the benefits. Um, I know we talk about it quite a bit on here about how important um, being mobile is to all of our success over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that again. If you're still, you know, on the fence about getting mobile, it's within today's world in like mobile hunting is so huge. There's so many different options. Um, some more affordable options out there now that can get you, you know, in a tree quicker mm-hmm. for a lot less money than, yeah, and a lot less effort. But what else, guys? Yeah.
1: Had... Well, I feel like Tommy was still kind of making yeah. a point. Yeah, no, Tom that
2: was pretty much it. No, when up before I was so rudely interrupted, I <laughs> got most of what I needed to say out. Nick didn't think it was that important so yeah. I did
0: think it was important I was touching base <laughs> no, on what you were fine. talking what
1: he had to say was more important
0: no I was like building on top of yours mm-hmm. <laughs> I, building beside yours
1: yeah Nick's always gotta be on
0: top yeah mm-hmm. no that was pretty much it yeah well <clears throat> if I remember correctly you know it's summertime and we've got plans to do something right after this podcast that everybody should be doing at yeah. this time of year shooting her bows
1: Big time. Yes. Big time. Nick's not because he's a bum and refuses to get his bow fixed. No,
0: I think I've got another site I want to play around with this year. Like, while I'm getting... Like, I have another site. It's already at the house. Um, It's been, what, six months
1: since you broke your site? It's
0: been... Two months. Yeah, two months. Um, Get it fixed. I'm going to get it fixed. I am. What I'm getting at is, like, I have another site that I picked up for my dad thinking he was going to use it, and then he didn't. So, I just have it... Say I got it for, like, 50 bucks, used, um, what is it? It's one of your IQ sites. Oh. Um, you said you really liked it on your bow. Yes, so, I like my IQ Um a lot. And my dad really liked it, and he wanted to get one for his bow when he bought his new one, but they didn't have. They only had a left-handed in stock, of course. Like the one time yeah. that alls they have is left. Yeah. So I was, you know, on Facebook one day, and a buddy of mine had one, a used one for sale for fifty bucks, and I'm like before I even asked my dad I was like boom yeah I'll take it mm-hmm. and by that time my dad had already got another site it was already cited in he's like hey I'm shooting good with this one I don't really want it yeah I'm like, okay so I just kind of been sitting on it for the last two or three seasons Two two seasons mm-hmm. um, so I think while this one's getting I'm gonna I'm gonna have to send it out I did contact them um, they're gonna you know fix it up send it back but I'm thinking throw this site on hunt give it a the shot yeah hunt it. the season with it why not um, and then you know, decide which one I like better. Mm-hmm. So thinking probably this weekend, slap that on there, start shooting, get sighted back in. And I mean, it, it's going to take
1: a yeah, few you're minutes. you're good at shooting a bow, so it's yeah simple enough to get back in the groove.
0: Definitely. So I hope you guys are doing the same thing we're doing. You know, I'm getting outside and shooting bows. Uh, I already screwed that up. I guess I already said it once. Make but sure you get outside.